Welcome to the Tips for Your Twenties podcast. My name is Becca and today I'm here to talk about all things social media with the lovely Hannah. It can be so difficult to navigate your way through social media, trying to avoid as much of the hate, cancel culture, and trying to grow your own brand and presence online to succeed. Hannah talks about her experiences as well as giving tips on what you can do if you want to take your first steps into getting onto social media. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give it a follow and recommend to anybody else who you think might also enjoy. But for now, thank you and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Thank you so much for taking part and coming to have a chat with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm actually quite excited. <laughs> I'm really excited too. And I know from just having a word with you before the podcast has started that lots has been going on for you on your social media. So lots of gossip to talk about today. But let's start from the beginning. And can you tell anyone who's listening who you are and what you do? I am a I would say a content creator I don't like calling myself an influencer I also work in law so I went to law school and I'm trying to like make that career happen um I do modeling and yeah that's me and I literally just post stuff online about like the way I think what I'm doing stuff about law school stuff about modeling and yeah amazing and I really want to pick up on what you just said there you don't like to call yourself an influencer you want to be a content creator I hear lots of people saying that. What what comes to mind when you think of influencer? I think I think my whole journey has been just showing that you can do anything you want in your life. I remember when I was at first got to uni, I was really excited as a first to go to university in my family. And I never really had anyone that I could look at and be like, oh, I want to be like them. I don't even know what university was. So when I got there, I was like, I want to share this. And at the time, I used to watch loads of like Patricia Bright, blah, blah, blah. And it was all just makeup based. So I feel like I've seen the influencer journey, like you get good at something and then you're labeled for that one thing. Like you're either a beauty thing or you're a fashion thing. And I was like, mine was always just showing what I do day to day. And I didn't really care about whether I was beauty or fashion or lifestyle or gym or fitness. So I feel like I stay away from calling myself an influencer. Also because a lot of people be like, you're a bad influence. You're tech. And I get this a lot from my community. Oh, you don't wear the headscarf properly. So if I label myself an influencer and everyone starts copying the way I dress or something, and for a lot of people, they don't think it's conservative or they don't think it's nicer. Like, you just get labeled with so many different things. I just stay away from being called an influencer. I'd rather be a content creator because I'm just creating content about my life that I share just to show people like you can do whatever the hell you want. Like you don't have to do one thing. You know what I mean? That's exactly what this podcast is about. It's about showing the opportunities that you have. And so I think when I think of an influencer, I sometimes think of, this is probably a really bad way of seeing it. Somebody who maybe doesn't put in as much effort, but as a content creator, it's, it, there's so much more that goes into creating a video than just standing there and saying, hi, my name's Hannah. I'm doing, you know, it's so much more than that. And actually creating a video is hard work. You know what? I feel like I might get bashed for this, but I feel like influencers are not content creators and content creators are just content creators and we're not influencers because I feel like a lot of influencers don't know how to be content creators now. And we've seen that with TikTok, like loads of content creators that used to be, loads of influencers that used to be influencers on YouTube and Instagram don't know how to utilize TikTok because they never showed their personality. And loads of people that are making it on TikTok are labeled as content creators and not influencers because they have a personality and not a brand, let's say. So I find 
the, I don't know I just find like being a content creator it's just you doing your thing whether it's being an influencer it's more like you have a brand you have a reputation to keep like going then sometimes the influencers are chasing brand deals that are chasing um the money possibly rather than yeah. content creators where it might come to them a little bit more because they're being authentic to themselves yeah because I feel like if you're, if you're an influencer, you don't get the brand deals, you're not really an influencer. But if you're a content creator, like on TikTok and stuff, I look at Alex Earl, she didn't chase anything. She just got famous because people liked her personality and like what she was doing and she was more relatable. And then now all the influencers are doing that sort of style of video. And it's like the brand deals are still going to the Alex Earls and the people just making it on TikTok. And then they become a brand. And once they become a brand, they're not seen as a content creator anymore. They're just seen as another influencer. And then the cycle just continues to go. I find that a lot of content creators either love content creation so much that they don't really care about the brand deals. And I feel like I fit into that category where I'm not like making TikToks and going, yes, I want this brand. Like I manifest stuff, obviously, but I'm not sitting there thinking, yes, I want to work with this and I want this and I want to buy this. And You wouldn't turn down free clothes and things though. I, I mean, I feel like now I would. Okay. Like, pretty little thing, like, hey, how do we all have to send you something? I wouldn't accept it because I, I personally don't wear pretty little thing anyway. But if it was like weekday or like ASOS or if it was like Zara, I'd more probably be inclined to take it. I mean, Zara, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, please listen, Zara. <laughs> um, stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of the time people do well labeling themselves as a content creator because they just either they're showing a journey they're showing a story or they're telling a story or they're they're doing the I started from the beginning and look where I am or and I, oh my god the, one of my favorite content creators on TikTok at the moment is a woman that's actually her child is sick in hospital and that she was newly like a new a new mum and she's showing like her I don't know what her page name is but her baby had a stroke and she's showing from the day they went to the hospital what the journey is like every day so like obviously you're waiting for the end when they can go home and the baby's okay and like the family's okay so like people follow your story and I feel like a lot of influencers don't have a story no no completely I think it's a really interesting way of looking at it you've you've spoken about being on TikTok but did it all start on TikTok what platform were you initially on I initially started on YouTube. I started doing university blogs. Wow. And it, it wasn't really going anywhere because I was never consistent. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to do it, but I just, there was always something holding me back. It was uni, life, whatever. Then I got to law school and I was like, wow, I've never met somebody else who looks like me who's gone to law school. So I was like, I need to document my life because I was struggling and it was the beginning of COVID. So I was like, I need, to, I need some sort of outlet. So then I started to consistently posting about law school vlogs. Then I found a group of people that really liked the, the idea of law, becoming a lawyer, seeing the journey from the like, beginning to the end. Um, and then obviously inst- I would share the stuff on Instagram and then Instagram was quite small. It was always people that knew me, but it was people that knew me that I didn't want to support. That's another big thing that I just I just don't understand where that comes from. So it's a lot of people that would watch, but really not promote and share. And, and I, I don't like asking people to share my stuff, right? So that was that. It didn't really, I just, I think I got to about 1,000 maybe in like the second year of YouTube where I took it seriously, the 1,000 followers thing. And then TikTok came and I was like, you know what? Let me just start posting on TikTok. I then started posting on TikTok and it was 2020, didn't really do much. I remember I did one prank video on my mom and dad and it almost hit a million views. And then I was like, but I don't want to be a prank, funny TikToker. That's not my thing. So I was like, I want to show day in the life. I want to show what I'm doing. I want to show people that I'm doing law. I'm doing modeling. We are in COVID. What on earth is going to happen? Like, I just wanted to tell a story. And then again, 
inconsistent, didn't really take it seriously. And then last year around December, I was on about 8,000. And I said, I'm going to do this, take it seriously now. I'm going to start posting. I'm going to start actually sharing. If people watch it, people watch it. But I'm going to put energy and effort into it and make it a thing. And I think from December to now, I've grown like, I don't even know how much, but that's that's been my fastest growing app, let's say. You definitely have to know your niche. And it sounds like within that time where you were being inconsistent, you weren't fully sure on what it actually was that you were putting out there. And it mm-hmm. takes time to get to that point. And if you're putting out content, like you say, that's just pranks, but not actually enjoying it, you're not going to be consistent. Whereas yeah. if you find something that you, so for me, when I first went onto TikTok, I, I did a lot of running videos and I still do that. And I love posting about my running journey. And I thought, Oh, but that's not everything to do with tips for your 20s. But actually, I really enjoy posting about it. And if it's a certain part that shows people that they have the opportunity to run and fitness and things like that, then that works well as well. There's no point forcing yourself to do something because you think people are going to like it because in the long run, you're not going to be consistent and enjoy producing that content, are you? I also find that now I don't really have a niche. Like no one can say Hannah is a beauty thing or Hannah is a fitness thing. I'm definitely not a fitness thing. But I feel like I've stayed away from putting myself in a niche that I've almost become Hannah, that girl on TikTok. So every time I meet someone, they're like, oh my God, I know you from TikTok. But they, but I've, ne- I've, I've, I've really tried to stay away from putting myself in a box yeah. because I do vlogs. And, and I also think it's because I'm doing too many different things. So I can't label myself as one thing. And I think that's the whole brand idea. It's like, you can do anything you want. Even on my LinkedIn, it says, everything is possible which is so cringe but like that. that's I love like I never want to put myself in one position because I know I'm like I'm very like I change my mind about a lot of things so I'd be like yeah, I want to be a lawyer you know what let's do this and so I might be like you know what I want to go into investment banking let's just move and then I'll show people how to do it and I'll, and I'll go in the struggle I remember when I was unemployed for like five months and it was COVID time I was just making TikToks about being at home not doing nothing because it was literally what was real real yeah like and I, I obviously felt embarrassed and I would go and private the videos because I was like oh my god I don't want people to know one like it's so embarrassing um at my big age being unemployed not having a job but it was like everybody had nothing to do and those people were just eating food or sitting at home with family and I was basically trying to look for jobs and showing how hard it is to even like the law stuff it's so hard to get into that no one really was willing to open doors and I think people like that because they could relate to that and even now like I'm still struggling to get qualified so yeah it's just a a progressive like your journey through life really and everything everything that you go through are there points where you ever find yourself stuck for creativity and ideas on what to post or do you think because you're being you every single day and just showing up on what you do you find it quite easy I think sometimes I'll do like oh get ready with me for work and I think the next day I really don't want to do another get ready with me because some days are not the same like today I've got ready got dressed some days I'm in my sweat I'm not I'm not trying to like put makeup on or something like that um but I do find that I I so like today I'm, I'm working from home I know I'm doing my law stuff I know I'm on this podcast I might do a vlog and then tomorrow I'll be like oh actually I'm going to Pilates I've got a workout class in the evening I'll do a vlog for that. It's always something that I'm doing. It's the days where I'm either time of the month and I'm just tired or I'm just like really just don't want to be on my phone where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to film anything. But then I get the pressure. Like mm-hmm. if you don't post something, your stuff's not going to work. Like algorithm is going to forget you. And it stresses me out. Like even yesterday, I was like, do I just post a random thing? And I was like, but I really don't want to. Like I really, I'm not, I'm, I'm in my feelings. Like I don't want to post anything. Um, so I did it but it's just like that constant like the thing in the back of my mind like 
the algorithm's going to forget you, which is so scary to think about, like a machine. But then it's also your mindset, it's your mentality, and it's it's understanding that if if you were doing social media full time as a job, it's yeah. the same as any other job. You need to take rest, you need to take breaks, and that is absolutely okay. The algorithm will have to wait for you to make sure <laughs> because if you consistently then posting things that are half hearted because you haven't had that time out, out to maybe regenerate some sort of recreativity then um your content's just not going to be as good as it could be if you had that time off and then you're like right actually I'm really buzzing to get back into but um yeah creativity leads me on to trends now I can I feel like sometimes I watch some people and when they're running out of creativity and content ideas they just pick up on trends and it doesn't always work necessarily with what their page is or their maybe TikTok profile um, how do you feel about following the trends? I think sometimes I find it I find it's easier to follow a trend as a non-niche person because no one's going to be like, oh yeah, she probably had no idea. But some influencers, sadly, you can tell when there's nothing really to post. So sometimes I find, I remember there's one influencer in, this, in my community, she would post something so controversial that's almost like she knows she's going to get hate comments on it. And it's like, the timing is so predictable. Like she'll post something, she'll get a swarm of hatred. And obviously that's just views, 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 views and conversations. So I think, and that's not a trend, but it's become a trend in my community where you say, so for example, if someone came on and was anti-Semitic, you know, they're going to get comments. You know, people are going to bash them. There's going to be hate, stuff like that. So sometimes I feel like some people plan things, even if it's not like the nicest conversation, they will do it just to get the comments and the views. And then they'll post their next video, video of a get ready with me, which makes no sense. And it's those kind of videos that really annoy me. But I think for trends, it's easier to get away with, especially with like audios. And like, say if someone does a get ready with me, I can do get ready with me because no one's going to label me like, oh, you copied her because no. I, I just stayed away from, do you know what I mean? But long time industry standing, let's say, influences, when they do get ready with me, it's a bit strange mm. because I know them from, I know them doing it on YouTube and no one, no one's did it on TikTok. But like now everybody's doing it on TikTok. It's like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, it, it does get a bit crazy when everybody starts doing like the pickle challenge. And I'm like, oh, how many more of these am I going to see on my feed? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm, I've not tried that. I, I don't think I will. But I, but I also like like when someone starts a trend, like the the McDonald's American style something something fries. Everyone's not trying to do a McDonald's because we don't actually, unfortunately, have that. So like watching people create their little burgers and chips inside the little box is it's exciting. So I, I find that a lot of influencers should just, if they want to do trends, just do it and just be like relatable. Be like, oh my god, I saw this on TikTok. I want to try it because I feel like. It, it gives you a new wave of audience like the audience that want to see those stuff it gives you that too whilst also holding on to your actual the people that have been with you the whole time and also I feel like a lot of influencers might be embarrassed to do trends because they feel like it doesn't fit their brand mm. like I've never seen for example what's one of my favorite um, influencers Matilda Jeff I've never seen her do a, a, a trend or eat a pickle video because she doesn't need to but if she wanted to she could yeah. you know what I mean but it's like, I don't know, I, I find that some trends are good and some trends that are deliberately planned. It just doesn't work well. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you are doing trends that maybe are, like you were saying, causing you to get hate, let's talk council culture. This has been something that only I would say in the last year has been defined as cancel culture as something that actually is 
is an issue within social media, I would say. And for anyone listening that doesn't quite understand what cancel culture is, it's when people basically are going out of their way to try and get somebody removed off the internet, giving them a lot of hate, giving them um, a lot of grief on their posts and things like that, so that hopefully they'll stop posting and remove. And not, I'm not going to say that these people who are getting hate and are trying to, uh, others are trying to cancel them are in the wrong um, because they aren't always, yeah. nor are they always in the right. I mean, what would you say about council culture? Have you ever experienced anything where you thought people were trying to cancel you? I feel like I'm not that kind of controversial and that big to be cancelled. But I do think in the back of my mind, like one day, if I do get bigger and bigger, could there be something that I get cancelled for? But I feel like I've, I've, I've never said, in, like, I look back at my tweets because tweets scare me. But I look back at my tweets and there's nothing there for, like, people to dig up. But I think, honestly, I do think if somebody goes and digs in your history, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I remember the time where uh, one of my favourite influences was being cancelled for saying racist comments back when she was, like, 13, 14. It's like, you can see that person isn't really a racist, isn't, like, at all. So what was the point of going back decades of tweets like and scrolling on twitter is like a, a job like it's long go and go back um so i find if it's not something now like those girls for example right now there's a viral video of girls being racist on a train in italy if there's not something right there like just happened right now i don't i don't see the point in going back but i also think if you don't have some i don't know i feel like if people are not coming for you just to hate and just casting you are you really popping there like i feel like people who get hate are people who genuinely are becoming successful or are successful. I've never seen people who are not that big or that that like big in the social media world get hate for no reason. Absolutely. Like it comes from a place of jealousy almost. I think it has you you do have to be careful with what you put out online and you have to be careful with um when you're writing things down that they won't disappear. They're not going anywhere. Um mm. and if somebody's wanting to get into social media and make it a career for themselves, it's definitely worth looking through what you have put already online to check oh. that you still agree with the things that you've said in the past, because it can, as much as it's, you shouldn't have to live in fear that somebody's yeah. going to bring up something. It's always worth checking back at what you've put out there to make sure that you still agree with some of the facts that you're putting there. That's honestly, absolutely. I feel like when I started posting TikTok, I went and I just did a scan on everything. I don't think I've ever said anything controversial like that, but the most I talk about is dating. Dating and people just come for my neck. And it's like, leave me alone. Like, what do you expect is going to happen? I'm a woman, I'm single, I'm independent. Like, what do you what do you think is going to happen? The guys are just going to fall out of the sky. And it's only people from my community that have all the hate. Like, everybody else agrees or disagrees and shares their point of view. But I find that, I don't know, I find that if someone's seriously going to take social media seriously and they think they've said problematic stuff, do the smart thing and don't just stick and just keep making videos and keep growing without having to check your stuff. And I feel like a lot of people, even signed influencers and content creators, don't do that. And it's shocking. Maybe it's, I don't know, it's, it's quite shocking. Like I would do a whole due diligence and like check everything. But I would say cancel culture is good and bad. Mm. I would say it's good for like racism and like nipping it in the bud and people getting embarrassed on social media because do not in this day and age nobody should be racist to you in front of your face like I because you're going to get recorded you're going to put you're going to be on TikTok like you're going to be online so I feel like if you're going to be racist just like keep your stuff to yourself like yeah. say whatever you say at home in, in a building away from phones and stuff like that but I also think 
on the other side, it's like digging up people's like histories isn't the nicest because that person was clearly looking for something. Yeah, absolutely. That's the yeah. They were sort of looking for trouble in a way. And and I've seen recently um, there was a big TikTok incident with a girl basically calling out people with lower incomes that couldn't afford to buy certain foods. I that. And everybody just sits waiting for the apology video. And it then, then that becomes something big as well. So not only have they said the things that people have disagreed with, now everyone's sitting there repetitively like waiting for this apology video to come out. And if you're in that situation where you've said the wrong things, there's a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders. Yeah, but I, but I, I also think on TikTok, I film and I edit and I look and I edit and I look and I edit. And I, so either she didn't think it was anything bad, which is, could be even worse, or she just put it up and she didn't really care if she was going to get hate. Yeah. Because sometimes I edit my videos on TikTok, even if I'm like filming them quickly, like when I'm speaking, and I say, mm, could someone like take that and make, make it to mean something else? I might take it out, I might not. So there's two problematic things with her video. It's it's the fact that she is kind of privileged, or she is privileged, and she was mocking people buying like Tesco Value, basically, which isn't that bad. But <laughs> and I think the whole apology thing, even if she does, even if she did make an apology, there'll be something bad with it. Even if she didn't make an apology, there'll be something bad with it. So I find people who are like apology police waiting for apology. I think they should just let the person do it in their own time and let them reflect. But I don't think her thing was that severe. I don't think she was being racist. She was mm-hmm. being, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to label what she was saying. But like what category does it go into? But I find her situation, I wouldn't have personally taken a towel. I'd just been like, yeah, whatever. Like I don't I don't care for your opinion. But if it was someone mocking like, I don't know, black people or, or ethnic minorities or something like that, it would trigger me more. And I'd be like, but again, I'm very like, I don't know. I, I, I'm very like, I don't really care for people who post stuff like this on social media. Yeah. It's just when I read the comments and the comments are just the comments and the comments are just, sometimes I think, oh, if that was me, how would I respond? I yeah. wouldn't know how to respond. I mean, I took a social media break yesterday because I got hated on for talking about dating and relationships. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? That is crazy. And she was probably getting like thousands and thousands. But again, if you do something wrong, I feel like the quickest thing to do is speak about it without the editing. I think a lot of people make apology videos and they edit and they try to make it look like like a whole production. Like, I'm so sorry. And I think just be honest, go on video one time, don't edit it and let people see how you actually react. And it might work. But like you were saying before, I feel like we're at a point now where this is happening so frequently that people are out there to look for the errors that you're making. Nobody is now going, oh, okay, they're probably having a bad day. They didn't mean that. It's Mm. looking and it's making a big deal of it, which is now making social media a harder place to be on. And then you've got TikTok where the algorithm pushes you into everybody's feed. Pretty much. I mean, you've have, it's incredible in some ways because if you're sharing your business, if you're sharing products, if you're sharing your lifestyle and you want as many people to see as possible, these really positive things, it's incredible for you and you have such an amazing platform to do so. But on the other side of it, if you're not sharing, if you're sharing something with the intention was positive, but it's coming across negatively, you're, that's also being shared to everybody. And then that could lead you into a, a bit of a dodgy situation, which can be hard to deal with, which could also be seen as a learning curve for some who might need it um, to be more aware of what they're posting. But there's definitely the positive and the the more challenging side of being on TikTok. I mean, definitely, I feel like social media in general is like that. But sometimes I find somebody will just post something and I know it's controversial. 
I'll come back, it'll come back to my for you page. Two seconds later, it's already blew up. And it's like sometimes TikTok knows what to put in front of you, which is kind of scary. But I also think it's like the power of information. Like if someone is doing something wrong and they're saying something wrong, instead of sharing it to their millions, there's going to be another millions of people mm. that disagree. So I think it's good in that way because some people don't realize mm. how their internal racism or internal misogyny or internal anything is a problem. And then they just keep going and no one really, like no one really tells them like, this is not how you're supposed to be thinking and this is how it's supposed to be and mm. X, Y, Z. It can be really powerful, but I just think you really have to have thick skin. And I think the reason why I have thick skin is because I'm black and I wear a headscarf. And I live in a country where my religion was the craziest, like we get the craziest hate. So I feel like someone calling me fat on social media is not going to hurt me to the core, you know? So I feel like people who are not used to having thick skin, I've never faced racism or any sort of like, like, like anytime you go outside, you're not scared to come in to the house or leave because something bad has happened or somebody's, you know, destroyed something or there's been a gunman and he's been labeled a Muslim, for example. The days where stuff like that's happened, most of us, we stay home because we don't, we know we're going to get hit either on the train, on the bus, work, anything can happen. So I feel like when you've never got to a point in your life where you've had to fear anything like that, going outside and not being safe. Um, I feel like as women, we we do have that at nighttime. I don't go outside at nighttime. I don't walk. I get the bus or I get the train. And I try to, like, get someone to pick me up. But outside of that, when my faith and race are a big target, for example, and the fact that I'm a woman, you have thicker skin. So when someone says something online, it doesn't bother you as much. Yeah. They can call me ugly. I can get a thousand uglies. I don't mind. It's better than what I have experienced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel sense. like... I feel like sometimes people don't, and I get it. So, so a lot of people come online, they say the wrong thing and they get so much hate and it feels like they literally cannot breathe because they've never experienced anything like that. I find you really have to start learning how to listen to these things and then just let it go. It's going to get you in the feelings a little bit. It's going to be like, be like, why do people think of me like this? Like it was a mistake and everyone's allowed to make a mistake. But I think if you're sincere and you actually come back and you say, look, I said the wrong thing. I spoke out of my ass. Like, I'm absolutely sorry. Like, I did, I was just making conversation. Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Then people will understand. Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think addressing the issue quickly rather than leaving it for days and days for more people to see it, for more people to yeah. see that you haven't acknowledged it is is the worst thing. I, I said a little bit about the positives and then the sort of challenges of being on social media, but in your experience and being oh. online, what would you say are some of the, the really highs and lows of being online? Finding people that genuinely relate to you and that are there to support you, like especially in my TikTok community, like I feel like they're my friends. Like whereas like Friends in my real life have not been there for me. It's so weird. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. And it might make me sound like crazy, but I don't really have a big friendship group. I have like one or two friends. I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I've always been like that. When I found, like when I started posting on social media and it's like the same people commenting, the same people showing love, go on live, it's the same people I'm interacting with. It really does feel like it's a big friendship group. It really does feel like I know them, they know me. Um, so I feel like those are one of the highs. Also meeting other creators like you've always liked watching so I've known so many people now that we've actually had conversations on DMs and I'm like this is kind of crazy like I like your pictures I like your videos and now we're having conversation also the opportunities like the opportunities are wild being able to go to places or being invited to places and things like that like it would have never happened and I think like when you're someone who hasn't grown up with 
money for example I'm not saying the money is fantastic I'm quite small but like when you're someone who's not hasn't grown up with money and loads of opportunities and like loads of different things it really does show you that there's more to not life but like there's essentially more to stuff the stuff you could be doing and you don't really have to like stick in one way and I've always been saying like I don't want to just be a lawyer but doing social media has shown me that that's actually true like I used to say it but it's shown like the proof in like the pudding let's say and then the lows are like sometimes just the hate people taking things that you say out of context people coming for your like personal stuff like your looks or your body weight and things like I don't like share I don't like putting like videos of outfits and stuff because just I just don't want people to comment on like her body's like this and she's gained weight and and I see it with other people all the time so I find that the lows can be the hate you can get the and also if you do make a mistake you'll be labeled as oh my god remember when she did that or remember when she said that instead of evolving because if I did that in my real life nobody would remember yeah because it's on video do you ever worry about your privacy because I've seen lots of um huge influencers um Mm -hmm. in the past I know Molly May she had her house broken into which was absolutely horrific and things like that have you have you ever worried about oversharing so that it doesn't affect your privacy yeah I, I, I recently started to think about that because I feel like it's only been this year where I've actually had people come up to me and be like, oh my God, I made from TikTok. So it's been surreal when I hear it. And I'm like, I don't think anybody watched me, even yeah. though I can see the numbers. I just don't think it's people, real people watching me that I'm going to bump into. So when people say, oh my God, I made from TikTok. I love your videos. I'm like, oh, thank you. And they're like, oh my God, I love your TikTok. Oh my God, um, I saw that video with you and your dad. Oh, I saw you, I saw you on live with your dad. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put my family on social media. Maybe I shouldn't say certain things. Maybe I shouldn't share where I exactly work. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't come into my head straight away when I'm doing the videos or on the live. Like I remember I said, I work at this ex law firm and someone said, please don't share where you work because people, people have bad intentions. They might contact your work and say X, Y, Z. And I was like, oh crap. And I think the other part is like people, the other thing that scares me, people recording what you say and like posting it. That I've never understood why people do. but I've never really shared like where I live or like where my home is or I've put my family on social media. I mean, in little, 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 little segments and like my siblings or my sisters, which they agree to. Yeah. But it's not got to a point where I'm scared, scared. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's just about being, and, and this is for anybody who has a public profile on social media. This isn't for, this isn't just for influencers or uh, content creators it's really important that you're aware of what you're putting out there as much as the words you put, but also your personal private information, you know, your bank card, if it's just sitting in the background, you have to be careful of things like that, that your address isn't being leaked for, you just don't know who is watching those videos. Uh, And you could have a hundred followers or you could have 10,000 or a hundred thousand and it could, it just takes one person. You just have to be so, so careful with those sorts of things. Um, a little bit uh, earlier on in the chat, we spoke about friends and um, possibly part jealousy. I, I really wanted to say fearing judgment for going online can be a real thing. And I definitely felt it when I first started my business. And when I first um, put myself out there, I was like, all my friends and my family are going to judge me. People are going to think at school she wasn't like that so why is she like that now where did she get that confidence from and I was really worried to start did you have a similar experience or did you feel quite oh my goodness this is it's not triggering it's taking me back to really bad flashbacks 
I remember when I first made my first YouTube video, and I spoke about this on a TikTok video, and I said, this is how you this is how you can tell like your friends didn't really like you, but they were just using you to be part of a friendship group. And those people were like, oh my God, I'm relatable. But I remember when I first started my YouTube video, my first YouTube channel, and I was in, I was in sixth form, and I made a video, and these girls were just like, I saw a video yesterday, and I was like, oh, did you? They're like, yeah, um, the eyebrows are so bad. That's the first thing. These are like my best friends, right? <laughs> and I'm putting the air quotation marks because they clearly weren't. They're like, yeah, your eyebrows were so bad. Like you could have just done like this way or you could have done like this. And I'm like, as my friend, I don't want to hear, I don't want you to hear that. And at the time I used to be under this impression where like, if you're my friend, you're my friend. Like I'm loyal to you, you're loyal to me. Don't know why I had that misconception, but I did. Um, and obviously they just kept nitpicking on things that weren't good about the video or maybe I should stop. They were saying things like, it's not going to go anywhere and things like that and I I feel like quickly I realized these people don't actually like me I'm like I'm just like part of the group for no reason but I do find that I was embarrassed to even tell them I was scared to tell them because I knew they would say something and in my gut I feel like it was telling me like just do it and don't tell anyone but they somehow found it and I the next I think the one thing I was more scared of was my friends judging me and not my family because I feel like my friends could say certain things to me that would get to me, but my family, just my family, even if they say, don't do it, I'm still going to do it. And, um, Everybody grows up with that throughout their whole of their life and their family. It's nothing new. It's crazy. Like, I remember when my first, my first video, my mom was like, absolutely not delete that right now. I was like, no, 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 I want to do YouTube. And I feel like that's why I stopped starting, stopped starting in the beginning. She was like, absolutely not. You on YouTube. And at, at the time in my culture, it's like, you basically put yourself on a, a really disgusting site equivalent, right? putting yourself on the internet is not something we do in our culture for example and I took the video down didn't really say anything about it and every time I wanted to start again the friends would get in my ear like oh no you didn't and I'm and it's and it, I feel like it held me back in the beginning and then I quickly grew out of that and I was like no absolutely if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it and I remember it's because I distanced myself from the friends we moved to unis like I never saw them again so it was it was different I didn't have anything I didn't have anybody in my ear telling me don't do this and don't do that. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of us are held back by our friends. Everyone thinks it's like family, but it's also friendship groups, or like especially in uni or sixth form, when you're around a big group and you're you're scared to be the joke, like everyone jokes in your expense. That's I feel like that's that's more of a bigger issue than your family holding back. And 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 a lot of the time it's insecurity on themselves because they are jealous that they don't have the confidence to put themselves out there and be yeah. successful to a lot of the time that is it that that they haven't already done that and they haven't gone out and done it but there's enough room for everybody to succeed there's yeah. enough opportunities out there for everybody to do well and if you are sitting there making fun of a friend for being online then have a bit of a think about what you're doing and how you can positively affect your own life so that you're not tearing down somebody else and it's a lot of the time with the keyboard warriors too um what, what would you say is one thing that if somebody wants to get into social media and wants to make a platform for themselves that they could do today that would help them to start that journey? Um, I would say if someone wants to get into content creation today, like 2023, April, get on TikTok. Forget about everybody else. Start making TikTok videos and you'll find, and naturally you'll find your people, people who like your videos. You don't have to think about what's going to explode. You'd have to come on there and be like, I'm going to make something so controversial that it blows and then I'm going to build an audience. I find that, the, um, what's, what's, that, what's that saying? That the slower one wins the race or something? Yeah. That's just how it, that's how it is because the quicker you get hype and like clout, 
the quicker it drops and people are like oh no one no one cares i my biggest biggest tip would be just do it just get your phone start filming whatever you want to film do a rough cut if you want get someone you trust that maybe does social media or knows what to look for in social media to ask them for advice if not just post i didn't tell anybody when i was going to take tiktok seriously i just started posting and my friends would be like, oh, my God, your video came up on my page. And I was like, oh, did it? I didn't know. And I just act like I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't want anyone's negative stuff to come in and be like, oh, yeah, maybe you should do this. And maybe you should do this. Because even people giving you suggestions sometimes can take away from your own creativity. Like, you might think, why am I not thinking that? And maybe the, one I, the idea I had to plan for next Wednesday's video is rubbish. And I'll do that now. But my biggest thing is honestly just do it. You have nothing to lose. And if anything, you've tried. And if it doesn't work out, then you can do something else. But I find that a lot of people think if they don't blow up in the first month, it's not going to go anywhere or the first year or the first six months. I think those are just, at the end of the day, I feel like people who make content like that about content creation, how to grow, are people who are not influencers. And it's, I keep saying this. Everyone on TikTok is making videos about how you can get your first million views, how you can get your first 50. Yeah. Why are you not famous on YouTube? Because you're now trying to help other people grow, but you're not an influencer yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So people get like stuck into like listening to those people's advice and they start doing everything word for word. And then you have uh, 50,000 people doing the same thing and it doesn't work. No, you have to be yourself and you can definitely tell who is themselves and who is just being authentically, authentically true to themselves because the content that they produce is different from everybody else's and they're like you say not trying to be the same at the moment on TikTok there's a lot of buying um items on there and being able to uh, link to your profile a product that other people can buy and then you make a commission off, off of that and it just looks like there's certain people that go on there and they just post the same thing every single post is something to buy because they want to make money which is absolutely fine and you're fully entitled to do that but along the way you have to make sure that you're not losing yourself and losing that authenticity i also think i think the hardest thing to learn how to do is use your audience to then go buy something that you're selling and i feel like a lot of content creators have been able to do that because they've partnered up with like social media big brands or something like that but when they want to build something like i'm starting a series now of like my journey to become a ceo right so i've got this pitch i'm like trying to like sh- i'm trying to do the whole thing but i don't know what i'm doing at the same time so i find that a lot of people want to create businesses i i am luckily i work in commercial law i work in corporate law so i've seen like the legal side of it but I have no idea how to build a business. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to do anything. So I've now started a series where I'm learning one by one and I'm just showing people my day. Like, guys, this is the pitch. I finished it. I'm going to send the first email. This is what I'm paying in the email. Let's just see what happens. And that'll be like the first episode. But I think a lot of people are scared to do that because they like this idea that I have might never even take off. It might be the biggest flop in my whole life. But I'm not scared of showing it. I'm not scared of like, if it doesn't go anywhere, then it's fine. it's it's sharing your life and that's what people are interested in we want the highs and the lows and we want to learn those things that's really exciting then and that leads me on to like what's next for you what opportunities have you got coming up it sounds like you've got the law going on in the background you've well it sounds like law is at the front actually does it does it take up a lot of time yeah I, I I feel like I'm struggling to either I'm putting so much like even now like in the background I mean I'm working but um law is like my main I've always said even if I become a successful content creator I'm never going to let go of my main thing because I I my journey to university was like 
hard. My journey into law school was hard. My exams were, ugh, I have flashbacks of like what I went through. The brink of COVID, having no money to pay for my degree, like it was just crazy. So I feel like I could never let it go. Yeah. I, but I feel like I want to be a successful lawyer and I want to be a successful content creator and a successful CEO and a model. I don't know how I'm going to do all of it. But again, everything is possible. We can do this. Figure it out as you, yeah. as you go along. I've spoken a lot about that on my socials because I've recently just, um, well, in the last couple of months, created my own business. Mm-hmm. And again, I've been going through all those new things. But at the same time, I'm trying to juggle nutrition. I'm trying to juggle yeah. my my sleep. I'm trying to juggle tips for your 20s. And, and I love all of it. I love every part of it. And it's finding harmony rather than balance. And it's finding yeah. it. Some weeks you are going to be spending more time on social media and other weeks you're going to be spending more time on your job. And that is absolutely fine, isn't it? It's yeah. it's understanding that you can't turn down opportunities that are coming towards you. Obviously, if you've got too much on, you may have to, but it's trying to find that harmony and you're not going to be able to split everything equally. It, it's going to be a journey along the way, isn't it? Yeah, I find that like when I'm, I'm done with working, I'm doing social media stuff. Yeah. And then in my lunch breaks, I'm doing social media stuff. On the weekends, I'm splitting my time between the, the business stuff and social media and catching up on work for law because the law just never ends. And obviously you have targets and things like that. So I, I find that I'm lacking the social side of my life. Like yeah. I, I, haven't, I, I don't go out. <laughs> I've never gone to the gym in months. Like I've not sat outside in like so long. And it's warm, it's getting warm and it's yeah. spring and it's sunny. And I'm like, even my outfits, everything's still winter to the point where I haven't even done any shopping. So I'm trying to like now balance everything and try like give myself a strict timetable. But then I don't know. I just can't stick. I can stick to a timetable for work. But I mm. can't stick to a timetable when it comes to social media unless I have a deadline for something. Yeah. Um, and it's because I've, I've made it as a hobby I and mean, I've not been able to program it as a job. Yeah. And that's what I'm struggling with. I mean, but I think over time, over time, you you've gained so many followers and that's been a big change you learn to adapt to that change and then you're able to bring things in over time and you can't put too much pressure on yourself to do everything otherwise the things that you are enjoying with the law of the social media that will just end up crumbling too if you're trying to put too much in um but it sounds like you've got a lot going on a lot of exciting things and I'm really excited to see your socials grow where can people check you out um so on tiktok oh, well you can find me on instagram and then everything's linked in my link tree my instagram is hannah saeed that's hannah with a h on the end <laughs> s-y-e-e-d um i'm very inconsistent with youtube but i haven't made a video in over a year so just ignore that one <laughs> go back and binge watch them true i mean a lot of people are like get back on youtube we miss you on youtube i'm like i I'm struggling with just TikTok and Instagram, but I think one day I'll do some sort of something on YouTube. Um, and then on Instagram, on TikTok, it's Hannah, the same, Saeed with an extra D because someone took the first, my first real name. I don't know who, but someone took it. And yeah, you can find it all in my LinkedIn, though, my, like my link tree. Amazing. Thank you so much for today's conversation. I hope that anybody who's wanting to get into social media has a bit more of an insight as to actually what it involves that um the dream maybe the dreams of a 12 year old growing up it looks great but there there are the highs and lows of it and it's a realism too but also going out there and creating what you want to create and being your unique self is so so important too and taking those opportunities as well to succeed are so so important so thank you for coming on and chatting with me today no no problem at all honestly my biggest advice is just do it 
you have nothing to lose I feel like I've wasted so many years like I want to I don't I want to I don't I want to I'm scared and it just like I, I could have just done it and I could have maybe been like even bigger or maybe it would have never worked out but I'm like the biggest advice I'd say is just do it stop being so afraid you never know people. unless you try you never exactly. know exactly thank you so much